If someone does any destructive act on Shabbos, he's potter, except for someone who wounds somebody or burns something. Rabbi Yechon said this is not a correct price because a person would even be potter for wounding and burning. The only reason Bichai for these actions would be if he wounded because he needed the blood for his dog or if he burned because he needed the ashes. For Amish to compare the cases of an ox burning a pile of grain on Shabbos and a person doing so, presumably just that the ox didn't burn it because it needs the ashes, the person didn't burn it for the ashes either. Still, the mission says that the person is potter to pay because he be high of Mesa for burning it on Shabbos, which would not be the case if he burned it for a reason other than needing the ashes. Where I said the mission means to compare the case of an ox to the person that just as the person burned it for the ashes, it's talking about a case where the animal burned it for the ashes as well. Ravi explained the mission is discussing a very smart ox that had a bite on its back and wanted the ashes so that it can roll on it to heal the bite. We know that this ox's intent is for burning the grain, but it was to get the ashes, because we see that he actually rolls around the ashes after he burned it. In other we find cases of intelligent animals like this, like we find that a papa's ox had a toothache and went to remove the cover of a barrel, a barrel of beer so they could drink beer and heal the toothache. For example, there are abundant answer a papa, we can't say that the case of the ox is like the case of the person in this way, because that would mean that in the first case of the mission, the ox intended to embarrass someone, and that's something that a capable, an animal is not capable of doing. Where I said the case would be where the ox intended to damage. As the Bryce says, that if a person intends to injure, he'd be high for boishas, even if he did not intend to embarrass the victim. The Rabbi said the, the mission does not refute Rabbi Yechonim because the mission is discussing a case of shoiging and chiski has taught. That even when one is chayiv misa is not chayiv misa for an act, like for killing or chilul Shabbos, because it was done b'shoigig, he's still potter from having to pay. The rabbanon asks Rava. The Mishnah says the reason he's potter is because he's chayiv misa. The Mishnah says the Mishnah means that since if it was done b'mezid, he'd be chayiv misa. Then say even if it was done b'shoigig, he'd be potter from having to pay. Zuck, the next mission, if an ox was chasing another ox and the chased ox was later found to be damaged, the owner of the chased ox says that the damage was done by the chasing ox. And the owner of the chasing ox said the damage was done from a rock when it was scratching itself against it. If two oxen were chasing a third ox, and it's clear that the chased ox was damaged by one of the oxen, and the owner of each of the chasing oxen blamed the damage on the other one. So they're both part of it because they can each blame blame on the other. If both of the chasing oxen belong to the same person, both of them are chayev. We'll see what that means. If the chased ox owner says that it was the larger one that did the damage, the oxen were each a tam, and therefore it would only pay from the body of a damaging animal, therefore a larger animal would have the ability to pay a larger amount towards the chatzinezek. And the chasing owner said, the chasing oxen owner said it was a smaller one, or if it was, the, or the chasing oxen was one was a tam, one was a muid. And the, the damaged animal's owner says it was the muid, and of course the damaging animal said it was a tam. If two oxen belonging to one owner were being chased by two oxen belonging to a second man. And one of the chasing oxen were large and the other one was small, and one of the chasing oxen uh, was damaged one of the chased oxen, and the other damaged the other. And the Nizik says that the large ox damaged a large ox, and the small one damaged a small one. And then Mazik says, no, it was a large damage a small, and the small damaged a large. Or if one of the damaging oxen was a tam, and the other is a mood. And the Nizik said that the mood damaged a large animal, and the tam damaged a small animal. And Mazik said, of course, no, the reverse is true. Again, Allah has a mighty mechavayal of Araya. Zakti Gemara, Rechia Rabbah said, from our mission, we see that the Rabbah argue on Sumchas who says that when there is doubt about ownership of money, when the doubt is based on the circumstance, even without their claims, the money is divided. The first case of our mission is that type. And we see that Rabban Sam which is different than Sumchas. Did Sumchas say even when both parties make their claims of bari of certainty, which is the case of our Mishnah? Rabbiya said yes. In fact, how do we know that the Mishnah is a case where they made claims of bari? Mar says the Mishnah says the Nizik says your ox damaged my ox, and Mazak responded not so. Rather, your ox was damaged by scratching itself on the stone. These are claims of bari. Rabbiya asks if the beginning of the Mishnah is discussing cases of bari, that means the end of the Mishnah where the Nizik says the large animal did the damage in the mood, or the mood did the damage. And the Mazik says, no, it was a small animal, it was a tam. Also, has to be discussed in cases of Bari. Now, in the case of the Mishnah, we say, 
which suggests that if no proof is brought, the Nizik would collect, but only according to the level admitted to by the Mazik. But this seems to refute Rabbi Barnosan, who says that if a person claims that someone owes him wheat, and the defendant says he owes him barley, not wheat, the defendant would be putter from having to pay anything at all, and would not even pay the barley that he admits to. Rather, in order to understand the Mishnah without refuting Rabbi Barnosan, you'll have to say that the Mishnah is instead discussing a case where one party made a claim of barley, and the other made a claim of Shema, which is not the way the Mishnah was explained according to Rabbi Barabba. Bar says the Mishnah can't be discussing a case where one party made a claim of Bari and the other made a claim of Shema, as can be proven. Because if the case is where the Nizik made a claim of Bari and the Mazik made a claim of Shema, he would, this would still refute Rabbi Nassim, because according to him, he should be entirely potter. Rather, he'll have to say that the Nizik made a case of a claim of Shema and the Mazik made a claim of Bari, which would mean that at the beginning of the Mishnah, is also discussing the case uh, like that as well. If that's true, our Mishnah would not be arguing with Simchus because Simchus would agree in that case that we don't say that Chalkin. Uh, a Papa said we can say at the end of the mission is discussing the case where the Nizik has a claim of Shema and the Mazik has a claim of Abari. And the beginning of the mission is where the Nizik has a claim of Bari and the Mazik has a claim of Shema. Fekmar, a Papa had refuted Rabbi Abba's understanding of the Mishnah because that would lead to the different parts of the Mishnah referring to different cases. However, according to our Papa, the Mishnah is still referring to different cases in the different sections. Mar said, according to Rabbi Abba, one part would have to be dealing with two claims of Bari and the other part would have to be dealing with one claim of Bari and one of Shema. That's considered to be two very different cases and cannot be a proper, understand, a proper understanding of the Mishnah. According to our Papa, one part deals with the Nizik making a Bari and the Mazik making a Shema, and the other part is reversed. That's still considered to be one case, just flipped, and therefore it could be the proper understanding of the Mishnah. Zakumar, we have stated previously, Rabbi Nassim says if a person claims that someone owes him wheat, and the defendant says he only owes him barley, not wheat, the defendant would be part of him having to pay for anything at all, he would not even have to pay for the barley that he admits to. What's the Chiddush? This is a Beferish Mishnah. The Mar said, if we would only have the Mishnah, we would think that when the Mishnah says he's part it means that he does not have to pay him for the value of the wheat, but he would still have to pay him for the barley. He therefore teaches that he's even part of him having to pay for barley. In fact, Mara Mishnah said in the last case, if two oxen belonging to one owner were being chased by two other oxen who also belonged to one owner, and one of the chasing oxen were large and the other one was smaller, one of the chasing oxen, da- the chasing oxen damaged one of the chased oxen, oxen, and the other damaged the other, and the Nizik says it was the large ox that did the damage to the large ox, and the small one did the damage to the small one. The Mazik says, no, the large damage is small, the small damage is large. And ultimately, said the Mishnah, that which suggests that the Mazik would have to pay according to his own claim. However, according to Rambam, he would not have to pay anything at all. Mercy, the Mishnah means that if the Nizik brings proof, he'll be able to collect payment. But until he does, he'll actually get nothing at all. In fact, Bryce on our Mishnah explicitly says that the Nizik is paid according to the claim of the Mazik. Mercy, the Bryce is referring to where the Nizik seized the oxen. That's the only time that he would talk to collect. Fractum Armish said in this last case, if one of the damaging oxen was a tam and the other was a muid, and the Nizik says that the muid damaged a large animal and the tam damaged a small animal, Mazik says the reverse is true. Again, the Allah is the Mighty Mikhail Allah right, which suggests that the Mazik would have to pay according to his own claim. However, according to Rabbi Nasi, he should not have to pay anything at all. I said the Mishnah means that if the Nizik brings proof, he'll be able to collect the payment, but until he does, he'll actually collect nothing at all. In fact, more like we did this a, second, a minute ago. A Bryce on our Mishnah explicitly says the Nizik is paid according to the claim of the Mazik. Mar says the Bryce is referring to where the Nizik sees the ox, and that's the only case that he have that he will be able to collect. The Mishnah said how you shnem shalish echad shnem chayovim. Ravi mi parzika esravashi. This seems to suggest that if one of the two tam oxen damage, the Nizik may collect payment from whichever animal he wants. Mar said the case is where the animals are both muid, in which case the payment is not limited, limited to the body of a damaging ox, so it makes no difference which one he uses for payment. In fact, if the Mishnah is discussing where they're both a muid, why does the next part of the Mishnah say that when one animal is large and the other is small, and the Nizik and Mazik each claim that a different animal did the damage, that Allah has made severe if they're anyway a muid, the Mazik has to pay for full damage irrespective of the value of a damaging ox. Ravashi 
said, the end of the mission is discussing where the oxen are each a tam, and the early part of the mission is discussing where they're both a muid. Rav Acha, Sabe, Esra, Rav Ashi, if the mission is discussing a case of muid, why does it say that they are chayev, presumably referring to the oxen? It should say that the owner is chayev also. Why does the mission say they are both chayev? And for the Gemara, we must say that the mission is discussing where they are each a tam. And the mission is following Rabbi Kiva, who says that the mazik and the nizik become partners in the damaging animal. The mission is saying the mazik only pays if both oxen are present. However, if one is lost, the mazik can tell the nizik, bring proof that the remaining ox is the one that did the damage, and then I will pay you. Had perek